Welcome into the newest episode of Side Mission. Like always, I'm your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by just one of the boys today, Thacker, and we've got a little bit of a different episode. So, Thacker, I think that me and you can both agree on this, and the other, I think Kyle and Matt would also agree with this sim as well. I think we can safely say God of War Ragnarok is our most anticipated game yet to come out this year. Is that correct? I would say so, because if you think about it, like, beginning of the year, the one game we were all looking forward to was Elden Ring. Yep. And that game blew our minds. And then since then, we haven't really had a game that's caught our attention as much as Elden Ring did until Ragnarok got announced. Yeah, I said that Elden Ring, it would be a, it'd probably be quite a while before I felt the way that Elden Ring made me feel as a game. Obviously, you know, we've talked a lot about, we our episode on Elden Ring was, I think, wasn't it over an hour long? It was something like that where, you know, we had Woody hour on. Seven minutes, I believe. Yeah, it no, was over. Yeah, it was a long episode, so we loved that, and it. we obviously all kept in the back of our minds, we kept thinking, like, the only game that could possibly contend with Elden Ring for Game of the Year is God of War Ragnarok, if it got announced. It finally did get announced, we're all thrilled about it, so we decided to make a different kind of episode. Me and Thacker decided that we would make an episode talking about the God of War storyline up to this point, up to the point of Ragnarok, where we're at now, uh, kind of looking back at the 2018 game, because for those who didn't know, me, Thacker, Kyle, and Matt, as of last week at this point, and I will try to get some dates, uh, it's August It's August 20th when we're recording this. As of the previous week to now, we have all platinumed God of War 2018. Me, you, and Matt all did it within the last week and a half. So uh, the first the first one to platinum it, of course, was Kyle. And he did that last year, I'm pretty sure. He did that, like, he yep. did that a while ago. Then you had platinumed it, and while you had platinumed it, I was in the midst of wanting to re-download it and play yeah. it. So I had, you platinumed it, and then I was like, you know what, Rusty platinumed it, it's my turn, I've got to do it. Yeah. So I platinumed it, and then right behind me, sure enough, there was Matt platinuming it behind all of us. And the one thing that I think we can say is that we all absolutely loved that game. That's, again, you know, by this point... Our top 10 games of all time episode has dropped. God of War was number three on my list, and I've openly said I think it's the best video game story of all time that's ever been told. So we decided we're going to take a look back in this episode at the 2018 game. So spoiler alert, if you haven't played that game, it's first of all, it's a fantastic game, and if you're a big gamer, I feel like you should play that game because I think it's a real... It, it, at least give it a try because I had never been really an action gamer or an action game kind of gamer, but that game I fell in love with the first time I played it, and it, it was awesome. So we're going to talk a little bit about, or we're going to talk a lot about, I shouldn't say a little bit, a lot about the 2018 game, the storyline, the key moments, and where characters are heading into Ragnarok. Then we're also going to talk about some of our predictions, some characters we'd like to see, some storyline elements we would like to see, just some predictions. Obviously, we have no insider information, so we could be just throwing shit at the wall right now, hoping it sticks. But we just wanted to see and talk about our theories that we have ahead of God of War Ragnarok, which comes out this November. At this point, we're a little under, what, three and a half months away? Something like that at this point, Thacker? About we're a little under three months, yeah. A little under, yeah. About November 9th. The 9th. Yeah, the 9th. So, um, pretty, pretty close to everything just... Coming to circle when it comes to gaming. Yes. So, 
And then, and just because, and I think that this is important to clarify because there are going to be people that hear that God of War Unknown is, is our most anticipated game coming out. We are excited for dozens of games that are still to come this year. There are a lot of games that are coming out, especially in October, <laughs> that we are going to be very busy playing and chucking reviews out for. So there are a lot of games we're excited for. We just know that Ragnarok tops that list. So with all that being said, let's get right into it and let's talk about God of War 2018. So the story obviously begins with Kratos in... He's now in Midgard. He's come here from Greece, as you find out later in the story. It's tied over to the original saga as well. And his wife in Midgard has passed away. And her last wish was to be was to have her ashes spread on the tallest peak across the nine realms. Kratos and his son Atreus believe that peak to be the you know the mountain in Midgard, the summit. And let's just say they obviously end up being wrong because that's a little bit too simple for any video game nowadays. But I really felt like, and Thacker, you tell me if you think the same. I really felt like the number one thing this game did great was that this game, it always felt very simple from the jump. It felt like objectives were very simple and it was easy to follow. Especially for me, someone who I've only played a very, very small bit of the original saga. I know enough about things that have happened with the Greek gods and how (laughs) Kratos has killed almost every one of them, including Zeus, who was his father. Uh, but I feel like the simplicity of this game's storyline at first is really what makes it easy to draw someone in. No. The game's simple. And and that's the thing. You don't really have to have played God of War 1, 2, or 3 because this game kind of does, in its own way, make itself a standalone. Yep. Because you don't have to know any of the story from 1 through 3. Or Ascension, or Chains of Olympus, or all the other spinoffs, yeah. Exactly. Like, this honestly was a game that, when it came out, everyone was like, oh, it's the fourth game, why aren't they calling it God of War 4? Because they did it so brilliantly of being able to just play by itself. You don't have to know the story. They explain it throughout the story, at least the stuff that is important. Yep. And they find and, and they did it. They did a great job of making it a soft reboot. Is it's not even a full reboot because there are obviously things later in the story that we're going to talk about that show that it has its ties to Sparta, to Greece. Um, but it, it did. They did a good job making it a soft reboot. I think that's where you were going. Yeah. No. It it does beautiful. And the fact that the game is simple, um, objectives are simple, combat's pretty simple. Like, it's all pretty simple enough to understand and want to continue playing it and wanting mm-hmm. to continue to find everything and ultimately platinuming it. So as they as we get back into the story, so Kratos and Atreus, obviously, things transpire. They end up having to go to Alfheim to get something that they need to actually get through the mountain and get to the summit. And along the way, as they, you know, you know get to the summit, they meet two very key characters. One, they meet Mimir who is somebody who is, you know, when we were outlining this episode, you talked about how you liked that I threw Mimir in with Atreus and Kratos. And I think that's because to the story, he's just as important because he's there with you the entire time. He is just as important to this story being told as Kratos and Atreus is. So you meet him. He is essentially one of Odin's wisest advisors, or as he would tell you in the game, his wisest advisor. Uh, Although he is being tortured by Odin because Odin sensed (laughs) treachery within him that he had not yet committed 
but because he sensed anything, he punished him for it. You also <laughs> you also meet Freya along the way. You only know her as the Witch of the Woods at first, but you meet Freya, who is one of Odin's wives. Uh, you meet her along the way, the Vanir goddess Freya, and she essentially allows you to cut off Mimir's head, and she is able to reanimate it to where that way he can speak, you can carry his head around with you, but obviously you can't free him from his from where he's you know contained so mamir then joins you you end up going along the journey he tells you that the highest peak is not in midgard it is actually in jotunheim the realm of the giants so the problem here thacker is that obviously there's no way for them to travel to jotunheim so it ends up sending them on a fetch quest they need a couple items and along the way there, they run into two demigods, essentially. Or two gods, I guess they're gods. They're minor Aesir gods. Magni and Modi, the sons of Thor. And I think that this is probably one of the first, like, real pivotal moments in the story. Because, as Kratos already knows, there are consequences to killing a god. You find out that you cannot do that and just get away with it. It is... There are heavy, heavy consequences. Atreus, at this point, mind you, has no idea about Kratos' past or that he is a god. Has no idea at this point. So when they kill Magni and Modi flees, which, by the way, those two are brilliantly voice acted by Troy Baker and Nolan North. Absolutely love any game those two are in. Amazing voice acting. Great voice. I could barely tell it was them at first. Like, Nolan North as Modi was really impressive because I could not tell that was him. Uh, So... You know, you end up, again, you end up killing Magni, you kill Modi, you know, a little bit later. And finally, in between these two kills, Kratos tells Atreus that he is a god and so is Atreus. That they were they were both born gods. This leads Atreus to get a big head, as it probably would any of us, learning that you are born of incredible power. And the funny thing is, and I'm not going to say just yet what who, who Atreus is, supposedly is and i say supposedly for anyone who's played the game because obviously there are a lot of rumors out there but thacker did you know there is actually one big giveaway to who what atreus's real name is when kratos first tells him that he is a god one of his first questions is can i turn into a wolf yep that's one of his first questions and that right there going back and playing through the game that was like they really hid that right under your nose like who he yep. was, so like, I absolutely like, loved that. As as a Norse pagan, like hearing all of this and playing through this, it was amazing because the amount of war in this just really was like, oh my god, I yep. want more. <laughs> so as the story progresses further, Kratos and Atreus turn, and this is where the story really, I think, hits a high note. Is that Atreus at some point learns from Kratos that you know. Killing is not being taught to him as an indulgence, it's being taught as a self-defense. It's also the fact that he can't be insubordinate, can't be out of control, rash. And the one of my favorite lines I think that Kratos has, and again, Christopher, Christopher Judge does an incredible job as Kratos. That's why for me, when I went back and played the original trilogy, or at least part of it, it was really weird to hear old uh, the different Kratos voice actor. Because I think Christopher Judge is a fantastic voice actor, and it was the perfect one for Kratos. Him say, him talking about how you will not dishonor your mother, mother this way. You will abandon this path you've chosen. That's one of my favorite lines in the game just because of the way that it comes off. So 
Yeah, but you there's an autograph signing. I know what exactly. we're probably going to sign it as. Exactly. So I think that if you ask him to sign his favorite quote, he's probably just going to sign it, boy. He's probably just going to sign <laughs> it, that. But, but uh, obviously you end up getting the materials, getting the means to get to Jotunheim. But before then, you are faced down by another minor Aesir god. This one a little less minor by the name of Baldur, who has been after you from the very beginning the son of Odin and Freya, you learn that Baldur cannot feel any pain, physical any or magical, cannot feel any pain of any kind, Can't doesn't have feeling of any kind. He can't feel pain. He also can't feel hunger. He can't feel thirsty. And if he does have any feeling, he can't quench it. So you find out that Freya for, you know, foresaw that he would suffer what is called a needless death at his birth. So she cast that spell upon him that nobody knew the weakness to outside of Mimir. And even Mimir was bewitched to not tell anybody what his weakness was. You come to find out his weakness was that mistletoe, that same, the same mistletoe in the arrows that one of the elves you meet along the way, Sindri, gives you. That mistletoe what? is what breaks the spell. You end up fighting Kratos to save Freya from Baldur because Baldur despises Freya for the, you know, for what she for the lifetime he feels that she robbed him of. Kratos then saves her by killing Baldur, and that leads to one of my favorite moments in the game, Thacker. I'm going to try to read off the line perfectly from memory where oh, I th- no. she turns, she, you know, she's, you know, you know, she can't believe her son's dead, and she just goes, you know, she says that, you know, she will rain down every agony, every violation imaginable upon you. She would parade his cold body from every corner of all the nine realms, and she would feed his soul to the vilest filth in hell. Says all of this to Kratos. And again, I can't, I, it's Danielle Basuti or something like that, I think is the voice actress that, uh, that voices Freya. Absolutely chilling line. I loved it. And it's followed up by another favorite moment of mine in this game where, you know, she calls Kratos an animal. And he says, and she says that, you know, he'll never change. And he goes, well, then you don't know me. And I knew the line that was coming from her the moment Kratos said that. She goes, I knew enough. I know enough. Does he? Referring to Atreus. And Thacker, this is probably one of the biggest things in the game is when Kratos finally gives Atreus the full-ish story about his time in Sparta. Uh, no, it, uh, at that moment, Atreus finds out more about Kratos than you really think about. Mm -hmm. Um, especially more that you would think a son should know about his father, but even still Kratos being Kratos and wanting to kind of be that protector father figure that he promised Faye that he wouldn't spill all the beans. He wouldn't tell him everything. Yeah, so of course he leaves out minor details. And yeah, I say minor, minor. <laughs> They're pretty minor big details. details. Yeah. Um, so obviously, yeah. So what? What did you? I thought that's probably my favorite scene in the game. What did you think about that? Oof. It was a little heart wrenching. It is. Uh, it was a little heart wrenching, especially because like Balder, Balder's kind of a badass. Um, <laughs> Like no matter what stories you hear of him or read of him, he he's he's a badass. But regardless, like Freya finally 
stepping out of the, oh, I'm just a, like, shun away from Odin and yeah. everything else. It's it's like, you finally see Freya grow some, grow some pretty big balls there. Yeah, and I agree. Like, you know, I just saw you kill my son. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rain every agony, every violent, violent, uh, violation. Yeah, like pretty much throwing everything at Kratos. Yeah. You're like, mm. uh, now I see why Odin decided to uh, cast you away. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing is, Mimir has a really good line about this afterwards when Atreus is like, you know, why is she so upset? We saved her. And he's like, well, you killed her son. You know, any parent would die to see their kid live. And that yep. leads, you know, Kratos to tell Atreus, you know, that he would let Atreus kill him if it meant that Atreus would live. And I think, first of all, and we'll get to this in a, you know later, I think that's very foreshadowing. Oh, I, most definitely. I think that is very foreshadowing for what could happen in Ragnarok. But... Obviously, for anyone who doesn't know, the, the truth that Kratos tells Atreus is that, you know... And I, and I love the way it's worded where he says, you know, he made a deal with a god that cost him his soul. That god obviously being Ares. He made a deal with him. It cost him his soul. He killed many people, many who were deserving. And then admittedly, he also admits, you know, he says, I killed also many people that were not deserving. And he then, you know, goes on to tell him like that he killed his father, his father being Zeus. And anyone that has seen anything about the older games knows, obviously, you kill pretty much all of the major gods of Greek mythology, there's still a couple that are alive. And yes, we're going to talk about those here later in a bit as well. But, you know, Kratos, there are there is one very big, big element he leaves out of what he tells Atreus. And it's very interesting that he doesn't tell her. And it's that Ooh. he's killed a bunch of people. The Among the innocents that he's killed are his wife and daughter from Sparta who he killed just in a rage one day because they were in a temple that he was supposed that he was leading an army on and he had no idea where they, they were there and he started blindly attacking and he killed them and I'm pretty sure that's why his skin is so pale white is because I think he was cursed to carry the ashes of his wife and daughter on him yeah. like for the rest of his days and that's and you know it plays off the whole like ghost yeah. of Sparta yep exactly and that's and that's why he became known as the ghost of Sparta so they finally get to Jotunheim after all of this. They spread phase ashes. And you see there's there's two big reveals at this point in the game. The first, as they're walking out of this kind of temple-like, uh, you know, building, you know, they Atreus puts his hand on the wall and all of a sudden all of these carvings, all of these markings and hieroglyphs, they appear. And it's detailing their journey that they've just been on. It shows their fight with Baldur that just occurred. And it shows, I love the way Kratos said this. Atreus goes, what could all this mean? And, Atre and Kratos says that I was not the only parent that had secrets. And I love that line. I love that line. Mm -hmm. And there, you know, there's, it depicts literally every point in their journey along the way. And there's one big part that Atreus doesn't see. And that's that behind a curtain... There is a there is a carving of Atreus holding Kratos' dead body, presumably, in his hand. Again, why I think that line from Kratos about letting Atreus kill him if it meant he would live, that's why I think that's foreshadowing. And I really think that that's going to be a, part, big, a big part of Ragnarok. Now, the other big reveal. They've spread Faye's ashes. And Atreus says, no, there's just one thing I don't understand. 
my name on the wall. The Giants had a name for Atreus, and that name, if you haven't figured out at this point, was Loki. So, it's very interesting because what we don't know is, okay, does that mean that Atreus is the Loki that we've seen in Norse mythology? Is he the god of mischief or the one who will become the god of mischief? Or was that just a name they've given him, and is Loki really another being? You posed that question when we outlined it, Thacker. I want you to dive a little bit deeper into that. Um, Well, here's the thing, real quick, before I do. There was actually a third big reveal. It was also revealed that Atreus is part giant. Yeah, he's part giant, part god, and part mortal. Yep. Like, that that was the third big reveal, because Faye was part giant. Or Faye was giant. Yep, And and her real name was Laufey. And so yep. she is a major figure in Norse mythology. Oh Lord! <laughs> so I know, I know. Like the deeper we, the deeper we dive in this, like we're already like twenty something minutes in, and like the, the deeper we dive in this, like it makes me want to play the game right now. <laughs> oh Lord! <laughs> <laughs> it makes me uh, want to. But no, like it's it's an interesting concept to think of. Faye referred to her people as her son as Loki. Yep. The name that was given to him, of course, was Atreus. And that's the name of a, of a warrior from Sparta, as Kratos goes on to tell him, yeah. Exactly. Um, by the way, that was one of my favorite lines that you hear Atreus say. You know, you actually told a good story for once. It's also funny. I like. There's one other line, and it makes me laugh every time, is when he goes, you know, uh, let's go find out what we should do. And Kratos says something along the and then Kratos goes, and what would Loki do? And he goes, huh. That's a weird name. I'm glad you went with the other one. <laughs> it's just a really right? funny line. No, and I agree. But with that, like you, ha- since the game has been announced for Ragnarok, and we have seen character art, we've seen models, we've seen story speculations, we've seen um, different designs. Unfortunately, the design studio got bullied into changing one of the character looks. What did they change? Um, I didn't uh, hear about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, so what it was, um, let me, I'm going to have to pull it up, but, so, originally, one of the characters they had was of darker skin. Okay. Angerboda. Um, uh, Okay, yeah, Angerboda, yeah. Um, She's at the very end of the reveal trailer, yeah. Yeah, original design for her was a darker-skinned person. Yeah. Um, Well, of course, a lot of people got upset with that and bullied the design studio. Which I think is absurd. Mm -hmm. I I, I, I think to anyone who says that something isn't historically accurate, it's a video game. Like, come on, y'all. Yeah, so they bullied the design company to make her more fair skin. Okay, and uh, the company was like, "Okay," and yeah. barely made much difference. Yeah, I got you. So, so but, but dive a little bit more into that about about yeah. like the whole idea that you know Atreus might his name to the Giants might have been Loki, but you think there's a chance that he might not be the Loki. Oh yeah, no. Like th- you have, we have seen all kinds of character art for Loki for this game already, um, on several different versions. Yep. With that though, 
there is that possibility that Atreus could be Loki. The god of mischief, yeah. Exactly. Or we could find out that the name Loki was given to him in honor of another god. The god Loki. Is Loki Aesir? Is he Aesir or no? Um, Technically, Loki's not even Odin's son. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I'm aware of that yeah. part of it. Yeah, I'm aware of that storyline. Um, I just didn't know. I didn't, I didn't. I just didn't know if he was classified with the other Aesir's. I know, obviously, uh, he's not Vanir, but yeah. To be honest with you, I could not. That's a that's for another that. day and another podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. Oof. So, um, but, but with that, like, yeah, it also poses the question of is the Norse Ace the Norse god Loki even a line? Yeah. That's because if there is that talk of Atreus being named Loki, then there's a chance that the god Loki is dead. Yeah, there is. So it would add to it. There's so, a lot there's a lot of theory that could really go into this. So I didn't even th- I didn't even consider what if Atreus had been named for the god Loki. I didn't even consider but there, that. But if you if you go back into like reading more on Loki and everything, Loki is the adopted son of Odin. Yep. Which would kind of play more into a prediction that I even have of this game. Yeah. And we'll and we'll get to those predictions later because the final detail that we need to talk about from twenty eighteen is the fact that, and this is all set up amazingly by Mimir, uh, who tells them as they go back to the Realm Travel Room and they use the Bifrost to go back to Midgard, who tells them, now just so you're aware, a lot of time has passed on Midgard since you've been gone. And the snow that began falling when you you slew Baldur, it has now become the stuff of omens. It is the the legendary Fimble Winter, a winter to span three summers, supposedly. That is so what has. You said what? Essentially, it's it's the it's the winter that spans three plus years, yep. leading up to Ragnarok. Ragnarok. So, Atreus, uh, Atreus, Kratos, and Mimir all get back to Midgard. They talked to Brock and Sindri, the two elves you met along the way. Well, and, and we dwarf. haven't talked a lot. Of, dwarf, same thing. My bad. Because <laughs> the elves were in. Al- you're Alpine. right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Well, somebody's gonna hate me listening to the early part of this episode. I'm not editing it out either. By the way. Um, oh, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna not, hate on you. I'm not editing it at all. The two dwarves you've met along the way, Brock and Sindri, they kind of tell you, you know, well, if you're going home, just you know, try not to freeze to death and be careful. And so you get home, you rest, and. Atreus has a vision that you see unfold where they get a midnight visitor a couple years into Fimble Winter. They open the door, and who is standing there? The God of Thunder himself, Thor. And that is where the 2018 game comes to an end. So, at this point, we are now completely caught up on where these characters are right now heading into God of War Ragnarok this November. So now the question... The question is, where does Ragnarok begin? Obviously, I would imagine we're going to be a couple years down the road. We look at the reveal trailers, Atreus is clearly older. I don't know how much faster he may age or may not age compared to you know, I mean, him being he, a god. He looks like he's a good like, mid-teens yeah. right now. And the thing is, I think he was probably, we'll say he was 9 or 10 probably. When... I'd, I'd, say, I'd say 
10, 11. Yeah, I'd say I'd say he's probably in that range, and he's probably closer to 14, 15 now. He's probably it's probably been a few years, and he probably ages a, a little bit. You know, he probably matures a little bit faster. Obviously, I still being think a god, he too much. Well, he he probably will, but the question is. Where are the characters now besides the three that we know of? Obviously, Kratos, Atreus, Mimir. And how much has Ragnarok's coming been accelerated? As Mimir pointed out to Kratos, he changed something. Fimblewinter was not supposed to come for thousands of thousand more years. It was not supposed to come anytime soon. But now, it was upon them. He changed something. Kratos did. So now... That's what we're going to see in God of War Ragnarok is how much he changed things and how much things are going to play out. So, that question is now, Thacker, what are we looking forward to in Ragnarok? Obviously, there's a lot of characters we're expecting to see, and we'll talk about the obvious oh, ones yeah. first, me and you. Obviously, we're expecting to see our three our three protagonists. We'll call them protagonists and not good guys because there is a lot of gray moral area there. Um, obviously, we're going to see Thor. We're gonna see Thor. We're gonna see Odin. Uh, we're, gonna of see, we're gonna see Freya and. Well, so we're gonna and we're gonna see Tyr as well, the god of war, the Norse god of war from this realm that you know was yep. referred to in many times so in the game. I can't wait for the moment him and Kratos meet. I really can't wait for that moment. I feel like that's gonna be awesome. We talked about Angerboda already, and obviously the World Serpent is gonna be back as he plays a big role in Ragnarok as well, and we'll get into that a little bit here soon. And how do you say his name? Oh my god, I'm going to find it in the doc so I can say it properly. Was it Jormungandr? It was Jormungandr. Jormungandr, okay. Well, I got to hold you a little bit, my man. Yeah, you do, well, I mean, you claim this religion, I don't, so. Oh, that's fair. That's but, fair. but. Totally fair. I think that the big names, obviously, are Thor, Odin, and Tyr. And Odin isn't even confirmed. That's the crazy thing. He's not even confirmed yet. We know for a fact we're going to see Thor. And I'm so eager hey, to see how. The model's already made. I'm so eager to see how Ryan Hurst portrays him because I think he's going to absolutely knock it out of the park. Uh, we're also going to see Brock and Sindri again. We're going to see them as well. Angerboda. So, I said Angerboda already. Um, okay, so we've got all of them. There are some unconfirmed characters we want to see. And Thacker, I know near the top of both of our lists was Heimdall. I want to see my boy Heimdall. It would be awesome to see him it would be awesome to fight him and i really hope he's in this game i'd be scared to fight him i would be i would be mortified the the man who is in control of the bifrost yeah that would be terrifying like there are a lot of people who wonder like, like why why can't you go to vanaheim or asgard in god of war 2018 well i'm imagining our boy heimdall probably has something to do with that like could you imagine like Pulling a Ratchet and Clank rift apart and just traveling in between different um, realms while fighting this man. Yes, that would be amazing. Oh, I would. I would be scared. I think another big name that everyone is expecting fully to be in here. I think everybody thinks this is going to be a big boss fight. Maybe in the first, like maybe in the first third or second third of the game, because obviously it's going to be a longer game. Uh, and that's Fenrir. A lot of people are expecting to see Fenrir in this game. And it would I, I think if if this is a boss fight, I think this is going to be one of the biggest moments in the game. I don't know how it's going to be done. I don't I don't know if it's going to be done, but if they choose to make him a boss, that would be really really awesome. Because Fenrir would technically be taking out um, Tyr and Odin. Yep. Um, but I mean, we'd also have Searcher. Yep. 
Um, he'd be he would be there. One of the lead um, causes of Ragnarok, or another another character in Norse, or another figure in Norse mythology that plays a big part in Ragnarok. Yep. Um, I would love to see. Actually, this was one that you said you would love to see. Would be Frigg. Yes, um, I would love to see other wife. I would love to see if I would love to see a dynamic between her and Freya. I would love to see what that dynamic is like, especially. I'm imagining they don't like each other. I'm imagining in Norse mythology they probably don't like each other. Um, but it would be interesting to see if they do have that disdain for each other, do they come together to unite against Kratos? And that is what I think would be really interesting to see her in here as well. So I, I definitely would put her up there just because we hear so much about Freya. There's very little mentioned about Frigg. Very, very little yeah. mentioned about her in the game, but there are several little texts or several little journal notes that are made that include her. You just have to actually oh. read them. So then you yeah. had obviously two other major figures in Norse mythology that you wanted to see as well. Um, I would love to see the God of Death, Hell. Yes. Um, for the record, it's not Hela. Um, <laughs> Marvel had to do that because it is frowned upon to say the word Hell in theaters for a marvel movie oh stop it anyways i'm not wrong i'm not wrong that's gonna um, change when deadpool joins that's gonna... oh that definitely the other one um not a lot of people know so that, i wanted to but... ask you about this next one is this the one is this the, the norse god that's blind no this is not that one okay which one is that one no. then? So this this here actually isn't even a god it's okay, in one... the same category as fenrir it is one of loki's kids okay all right, so Loki technically has like three kids, right? Yeah. He's got Jormungandr, he's got Fenrir, and he has Slipnir. Slipnir is a an eight-legged horse that was gifted to Odin. It is considered one of the fastest creatures in Norse history. Okay, to be fair, I was thinking of Hoder, so my bad. <laughs> I was thinking of, I, I, would, I was thinking of him, so my I, bad. I, I, I I would think I would think he'd be cool to see in this as well, especially if we get a fight with Odin. It would be interesting to see that dynamic. Yes, get I agree. the uh, get of course like a um, chariot style battle or a horseback style battle mm. against Odin. That that's see so we've got a lot of characters that we are really hoping to see. So let's talk about one of the characters we already know that is going to be in the game. Let's talk about Freya a little bit. So where does she come into play is a big question because from everything in the reveals, it looks like we're going to fight her very early on. Looks like we're going to fight her very early in the game. Now, I'm on record. I do not think that we are going to kill her in this first fight. I think that something is going to happen, whether that be, you know... Kratos, Atreus, and Mimir travel to another realm, you know, when they've got an opening. Or if Thor intervenes and, you know, says, you know, says like, no, Kratos is mine, you know, he's not yours. And then, you know, that leads to Kratos, Atreus, and Mimir getting away. I think that there's a lot of, it's, I'll be interested to see how early in the game she's used. It wouldn't surprise me if she is a boss fight tutorial almost. Um, but I also do think, I think, I, I think we're going to see her fairly early in the game. I think if, she is not killed off early in the game that she's going to pull the whole flipping sides bullshit again. See, I just, um, I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I did. I used to feel like that, but I don't now. It's because I feel like with Odin coming into play, I feel like she's going to have that resentment towards Odin still yeah. and is going to be like, let's take him down. Yeah. There's she's going to be essentially going to be the. um. Oh, I forgot her name. Great God. Um, you talking about Athena? Who are you talking about? Thank you. Thank you. Was it? I, oh, I, was it Athena? I was just guessing. Yeah, no. I I feel like she's going to essentially be like Athena and be like, "Hey, we need to go take them down." Maybe. Like, There's a chance. Like, so I, I feel like Freya is going to yeah. be this version of Athena, trying to play Kratos to her favor. So I have a question for you because there is a line yeah. of dialogue Mimir has in God of War 2018 that I think a lot of people have forgotten about. And it's that while they were on Jotunheim, Freya paid him a visit. And she was inquiring about the whereabouts of a certain item that was important to her. Ooh. And that item was her Valkyrie ring. Was her Valkyrie wings. She was inquiring about where to find that. Do you think we are going to, at some point in this game, go up against fully suited Queen of the Valkyries, Freya? Because as as, be as as Sigrun tells you, if you take down all the Valkyries, is that Sigrun was only a stand-in. She was more or less a placeholder when Freya married Odin because that was supposedly done to create peace. So now... She go Sigrun then tells you there's only ever been one true queen the of the there's only been one queen of the Valkyries and it's Freya. So do you mm -hmm. think we are at some point going to fight fully suited Queen of the Valkyries Freya? Well, first things, um, Sigrun only became Valkyrie Queen, quote unquote, because Freya got exiled from Asgard. Yeah. Um But I'm terrified if we go against a fully suited Valkyrie Queen Freya. I would be terrified. I think it would be an amazing fight, especially seeing... I would love to be able to do that and see what it is, especially with the power behind it of the yeah. PlayStation 5. Yes. I think the system itself would play that beautifully. I would just be absolutely terrified to do that because Freya's already a powerhouse. Yeah. Aesir God. You throw in the full Valkyrie gear with that, I'm I'm scared, Rusty. I would be scared. <laughs> I would be scared, my man. So we're going to do something now. We're going to alternate a couple predictions. I've got a small prediction I'm going to start with, and we'll do one of yours, one of mine, one of yours, and we'll end on one of mine. The first prediction, and again, it's a small one. I think we're going to fight Freya very, very early on in this game. I think it's going to be a boss fight tutorial. And I think that once we find Tyr, which I think will happen around the midpoint of the game, so the game is supposed to be 40 hours, I think this will happen around the 20-hour mark, I think we're going to fight her and Thor at the same time with Tyr on our side. I And I think if that happens, I think that is an epic mid-game battle that would be good enough to end most games, but it's only going to be the halfway point of this. Yep. So, Thacker, give me give me one of your predictions. We both made a couple. What, what is one of your predictions so, for this game? Sticking around Tyr and everything, I don't think um, Tyr is going to be all that useful to us because if we do get a fight with Fenrir, I feel like, and yes, this is going to be a really bad play on words if you know your history, I feel like Tyr is going to quote unquote have a hand. So he's going to sacrifice. He's going to sacrifice one of his arms. 
Yeah, I think he's going to have a hand to play in the fight with Fenrir. Um, but if I'm being honest, I feel like it's going to be more like a he's going to pretty much do what Freya did in the fight against Boulder and just kind of throw obstacles into it. Because Tyr and Fenrir have a really good relationship. Yep. So I feel like that's the feel kind that. of battle we're going to have. Um, and maybe one, if we're to kill Fenrir, I feel like that's the moment where Tyr's going to finally turn on us. So the reason why I actually do know that little bit of Norse mythology is because I've watched other theory videos. I've seen a theory that has said that Tyr would actually sacrifice his arm to help Kratos in a fight against Fenrir. So yep. that, and that's another theory. So I, I think that you know they both have some. So if you were impressed at all with me knowing that, don't be. I just watched YouTube late at night and I get into these rabbit holes. That's literally all it is. Um, well, you're good. I'll give you. I've got two big ones that are probably going to sound a little off the wall. So just bear with me. So okay. the last. So Mamir tells several stories along the way when you're in the game. He tells several stories. One of the ones he tells is that the last time in this universe that Thor fought Jormungandr, did I pronounce it right? Mm-hmm. The last time these two fought, the World Serpent was sent back in time to the current period that we are now in. That's how big the fight was, that he was sent back in time. So, I think the World Serpent is going to interfere in that mid-game fight, and that's going to cause a similar rift in time that forces Kratos, Atreus, and Mimir into the past where they will have to find their way back to the present in order you know, to accomplish whatever their goal is at that point, whether it's to stop Ragnarok, whether to keep make sure it happens. I think that's going to be a part of it. And that's why it's very interesting if you see a lot of the settings in this game and the reveal, a lot of them look very peaceful. Like there's a lot of you know human humanoid and human and mortal beings living together. So I think that we're going to see one of these realms a long, long time ago before there was any war. So I, I that's what leads me to believe there might be a little bit of time. Now, obviously, there were three realms that we did not see any of in God of War 2018 at any point. We didn't see Spartalfheim, we didn't see Vanaheim, and we obviously didn't see Asgard. Muspelheim is the realm of fire, so there's not going to be any civilization there. And Niflheim fucking sucks. So there's well, not... not true because remember, Searcher is a fire giant. That's true. Who does live in the... He lives there, fire. but I, I don't think to the extent of what we saw. Of what we saw there. Like what we've seen in the reveal trailer compared to what we saw seen in Muspelheim, they don't look the same. If that's true. Muspelheim, that's going to be mind-bending. But I... I do think we are going to be gone. We are going to be thrown back in time because of how big this fight is going to be in the mid game, and I think the second half of the game is going to be finding their way back. Fair. So, what is yeah. your other? Because you, you, this other one that you've got is very interesting to me, and I do think that this could happen. So, with with of course Kratos and Atreus being the cause of Ragnarok happening early, right? With it being an early coming. I feel as though with the changes that have been made, the outcome of Ragnarok also changed. Um, so with could. that, of course, um, somewhere during the battle, I feel like Atreus is going to have to face that tough decision, um, which could go back to my theory of Loki. Um, 
I feel like he's either going to have the option to quote unquote be adopted or join join Odin and the other Aesir gods to defeat Kratos, which would then be how Loki comes into play. Essentially preventing Ragnarok because Ragnarok ultimately is the downfall of Odin. Yeah, it's essentially the downfall of the Aesir. So him in doing that, he would essentially be able to help prevent Ragnarok. Exactly. So with that, I feel like that would be the way of Loki actually coming into the story if he's not a god that's already been killed. Or Atreus is going to choose to continue to help Kratos with that fatherly bond to in order to defeat the Aesir's. And, and essentially continue awesome. Ragnarok. Yes. I will tell really, you, the reason the why I think this is Ragnarok. true, I'll give you this, the reason why I think that this could happen is because Mimir has very much been that voice of, you know, changing fate is not always a good thing. He's very much been that voice to us that we've seen so far. So he, I think Mimir will have a very big part to play in this game, and I think there will be a time where he's like, listen... Ragnarok may mean the end of these gods, but it needs to happen. Like Either he, he, he might, or, he might be. That or there might come a time where, going back to your theory of the protagonist going back in time, it might end up being that during that shift in time, Mimir's no longer with them. It could be. It certainly could so be. The second half, they're by themselves, father and son going back in time. Uh, to find their way back. Yeah. I, I definitely think there's a lot of substance to... There's a lot of substance, to, I think, to all of our predictions. I think knowing how crazy Norse mythology is, how crazy the God of War universe is, I think there's a lot of substance. So my last prediction, and this is probably the one that's got the least amount of substance, and if they do this, this will blow my mind. So in the, in the 2018 game, it was made very clear that this game is attached to the same universe as the original saga in Greece. It's, very, it's made very clear it's tied to that, and that's obviously proven with the uh, introduction of the Blades of Chaos into this universe. And it's, you know, Athena makes an appearance as well. Zeus you makes the like, Zeus and Kratos yeah. is back. Yeah, like, you know, they, like they, they, they make their appearances in this game, you know, essentially as visions of the past. Zeus, obviously, in Helheim, and Athena on Kratos' journey back home to get the Blades of Chaos... I think that for them to defeat Thor and Odin and the Aesir, I think Kratos is going to need another weapon. And, again, they do this. This is mind-blowing if they do this shit. I think he is going to have to go back to Greece to get a weapon, and I think that weapon is going to be the Olympian sword, the Blade of Olympus, which is a big weapon in the original saga. I'm not done just yet. I think along the way, they'll run into two of the only remaining Olympian gods that are still alive, Artemis and Apollo. And I think to get that sword, they're going to have to kill one or both of them. I, I will tell you this now. And on record, for the entirety of Side Mission, <laughs> if his prediction comes true, all right, if we get the Olympian sword, I will personally put $30 on any pre-order <laughs> that Rusty has at the time. So any pre-order that he has, 
I will put thirty dollars down on. I like that. If man. that prediction is right, I don't think it's going to be right, but I would love it if they did. Like, would that not be just? Would that not blow your mind if they did something like that? Like, oh, I, 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 <laughs> I might actually um, scream and wake up my girlfriend again. Like, I feel I, like I, I think at that moment I'll take her wrath. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure people will listen to this and will say that's just absolutely bizarre. There's no reason that would happen. I don't know, man. I bet a lot of people were shocked when the Blades of Chaos came into play in God of War 2018. I bet a lot of people were surprised to see Athena and Zeus. And while I obviously I wouldn't put a lot of money on that prediction, I think that the more I talk about it, the more it makes sense as a storytelling device. It makes sense as a plot nine. The, the more I talk about it and the more I think about it. Because especially the part, you know, at some point, this war, this battle is going to be so great that Kratos and Atreus are going to have to just be resigned to killing when necessary. And if they know that the only way to defeat Thor and Odin is to go get the Blade of Olympus, Apollo and Artemis might not live if they get in their way. They might not live through that. So I think that, I just think that it's very interesting that this game is in the same universe as everything that happened in that other universe. And it's very interesting that there were two Olympian gods that were left alive at that time when Kratos left Greece. So, I don't know. I feel like, just just to touch up, I feel like if it's not the Olympian sword, and this is my weapon prediction, if it's not the Olympian sword, I feel like the Claws of Hades would be... The Claws of Hades would be awesome. I feel like those would be another one. That would be an amazing addition to this. So I think that, you know, we've talked a lot about what we think will happen. Obviously, again, we have no insider information, but I think this has actually been a really, really fun episode. I've actually loved talking in depth about these games because, you know, I love the reviews we do at Side Mission. The reviews we do are always a lot of fun when we get together and we're able to record them. But we don't do a lot of episodes like this where we just sit there and analyze what we're seeing. Maybe we need to do more of this. People that are listening, let us know what you think about this episode when you listen to it. You can DM any one of us. You can let us know on Twitter or Facebook. You can let us know on TikTok. The actor runs that. So this has been a fun, fun episode. So that is going to wrap us up. We're excited for God of War Ragnarok. We can't wait to play it in November. We definitely can't wait to get our hands on those collectors and Yotnar editions. I'm so excited. We all got collectors, didn't we? We, we all got we, we've all got them. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to get that, and I can't oh, wait to play man. this game. So much so that I've literally asked off for the day that it's that it came out, and I have the best boss in the world because he said yes. Uh, so I, I can't. I just can't wait to hold the the um the hammer. The the the, the replica of Mjolnir is so Mjolnir. cool. I can't. I, just, I can't I wait for that. I cannot wait to hold that or listen to the vinyl. I cannot tell you how excited for that final line. It's, it, it's, it's going to be a fun, fun time for Side Mission. So that's going to wrap up this episode. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at Side Mission Pod. You can follow Thacker and I as well. Thacker's not on there as much as I am, but I have to have Twitter We're for my trying. job, basically. So you're trying, though. You're trying. But that's going to do it for us. He's Thacker. I'm Rusty. Thanks for listening.